Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pick and Roll. This is your show that goes live every weekday on The Board on YouTube as well as The Board HQ on Twitter. If you guys have been enjoying the content so far this season, please make sure you have subscribed to our YouTube channel, The Board, and please make sure if you're watching this stream in particular that you have given us a great thumbs up to help us get on some more recommended pages. And today, of course, we're looking for that bounce back day. It was uh, an unfortunate day for the betting yesterday. Three same game parlays, all of which consist of one winner and one loser. So uh, I think it is the first 0-3 day of the season. But uh, a, a, a solid picks to work with. Two official plays coming later, hopefully to recover from that. Still, though, the season as a whole, up to 70, well, sorry, down to 73 and 54 plus 10.3 units and 6.9% ROI and still uh, plenty of opportunity to get that even better over the course of the rest of the season. But let's go chronologically, starting with the bottom, just to recap the picks. First of all, Pacers at the Magic. This is a game that came down, kind of came down to the wire. The Pacers kind of made it interesting late. Uh, ultimately, Orlando got a lot of people to score and Franz Wagner was not really one of them even though Buddy Heald cleared easily. Uh, Pips, what were your thoughts on this one? As you said, like everyone, everyone, like it was like team effort. Everyone had a good scoring night. Wagner did play well, but didn't score a lot. So, yeah. Unfortunate, I, I went with the same game parlay because uh, Buddy Heald's line was juiced. His line was like minus 140, and I didn't want to go with that juice line so added Wagner and I think he's the only player that didn't cover his alternative line on the entire Orlando Magic and yeah that, he was the guy that I trusted the most because I think he's the, their best player and yeah he had a bit slower night so yeah these things happen of course with, with the in total with the handicap process you typically I mean sometimes the juice is worth it but uh, based on the strategies we've done with this show we try to avoid that Pips has tried to avoid that so Things like that happen. Second one, Damian Lillard got 60 points, so this was a no problem for him. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, unfortunately, we are going to have to take this one by the hook. He ends on 18 points here. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is the, the one that I'm the I like satisfied with. Like the this one went like as expected. Clarkson had some very good looks. And just didn't score. He, if I was to go again, I'll, I'll, I would love this bet again. So yeah, he just didn't get like he had only one free throws, even though he was aggressive and attacking inside. He shot, I think, four for ten, in, like inside the paint, missed some couple of sitters, missed couple of layups, shot, I think, like one from four in the last three minutes of the game, and yeah, we just needed only one point and. Yeah, Damian Lillard, like, 32 and a half point was a crazy high line. And he he was passive a lot, a lot of couple of last games. So I didn't want to pull the trigger on 32 and a half. It just seemed a bit high. And then he does this, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's severe with Damian Lillard. Like, he can score, like, as I always said, like, 40 points every night. And you never know if he's going to be aggressive for the first minute or he will have a slow start if you take a look at the games against the lakers they didn't defend him very well at all like whatever everyone's saying about beverly and and, and stuff he just had an off night and so last night he he made everything like 
he literally made it. He was pulling out from the from the half court and every three went in. Like so, yeah, just. Yeah, uh, and, and it, uh, it is a bit sour that he ends on the 18 and a half, so we will have to update our hook counter and fresh to that two and one on that one, but hopefully these things will balance out as I expect them to. Final one, Keegan Murray covers his three-point line pretty quickly in this one. This is obviously a game I had my eyes fixated on, um, and this was kind of like the Franz Wagner situation. Scotty Barnes was excellent. He had 10 assists, but so was every other Raptor who was scoring uh, at, at will. And the Raptors look really good against the Kings here. But Scotty Barnes just didn't really take a, a lot of shots here. I, I don't know if you watched this one as well, Pips. Yeah, I did. So th- this one was actually like I didn't even realize at the time I was making this bet because I don't know what was going on. So it's, it's clearly my fault entirely. But I, I went against one of the my most important rules when betting seven game parlays. And that's betting on a guy that's not consistent. Like, I I think it was like two weeks ago on the show that I said, like, don't bet in same game parlays guys that are not consistent. And then I do, like, the, the most ridiculous stuff betting Scotty Barnes. I mean, he was playing great last night and over the last 10 games, I think he, he he's really improved. But yeah, he he this is he's the guy that can have, like, great game by scoring seven to eight points. So... There was no need for him to be aggressive. There was no need for his scoring. Everyone else had a great game. And even though he had it somewhere, like he kicked out, out of some like easy layups. And, yes, and, I agree. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. What, but like 10 assists, get everyone involved, played, played great, was good on defense too. So like great game for, for Scotty, for Scotty. But yeah, I was like, I went against my rules. Like, Siakam, like he'll always get 20 field goal attempts. And in, in this positive matchup uh, with a well, well, uh, below average defense, if he gets 20 uh, field goal attempts, he's covering an alternative line, like very, very much higher rate than, than Barnes. So I'll just say, like, no, no, nothing to say, but that this was a my mistake and poor bet from my side. And uh, yeah, happens. Wow, we always preach on this show, like even when there's winning days, we talk about how it's always about the process. It's always about what's next. So hopefully we can move on. Hopefully we can have a bounce back day here today. And it's always about the big, the big picture and the season as a whole has been great so far. So sticking to the same process, um, maybe learning on <laughs> picking. Some people are saying Raptors should be banned here. Um, now there's consistent like Siakam is consistent. Like, like he'll he'll consistently get you points. It's just maybe Scotty Barnes is not the most consistent guy there, as Pips was saying. But we move on hopefully today. Like I said, two official picks are coming your way a little bit later on. But before that, uh, we've talked about a lot of NBA awards so far this season, where we expect the awards to fall to. One we have not really spoken about is the defensive player of the year race. So that is exactly what we are gonna do today. I'll pull up the odds that are from DraftKings, uh, you might be able to find, I would assume you can find better odds elsewhere as it comes to the DPOI race, but this is just an easy one to pull up with a clean screen. Jaron Jackson Jr., firmly the favorite to win this award, followed by Nick Claxton and Brooke Lopez, also kind of trailing the pack. Bam Adebayo, Giannis, and OG, who has fallen off the pace a little bit there. But we'll go to Pips on this one. Uh, Do you think that Jaron Jackson Jr. being played as the Pretty big favorite here. 
Do you think that is accurate, an accurate representation of the season so far? For sure. Like, if you take a look, like, before Jalen Jackson returned, I know we, we, we talk about it. I talk about it on the show. Before Jalen Jackson returned, they were 25th uh, ranked defensive rating. Memphis Grizzlies had 25th defensive rating, and yeah. they are now first. Like, so since Jalen Jackson returned, they are well above the second place. But like, they have a huge edge since Jalen Jackson returned because they were like 25th after 10 games, and 30 games later, they are first. So over that span with Jalen Jackson back, I think they like by far the best defense, and that's Jalen Jackson Jr. Like. My only like I'm huge in Jaren Jackson like over the last like three three years I was always like this guy is amazing this guy is amazing and he he's crazy good like he has yeah. like three point five three point two blocks and one steal so four four point two stocks a game while playing only twenty six minutes so like. We, we we didn't see that for quite some time in, in in this league, and he's not playing at the five; he's playing at the four, so it, it is even more ridiculous. But we we have problems with him; he's fouling, like That's he's fouling the, the least in his career. So like the least fouls per game in his career, but it's still a problem. Like we yes. saw last night, he was fouled out like three minutes. With three minutes left on some stupid rebounding, like he doesn't make fouls when he's trying to block the shots. He makes fouls on rebounding, uh, like some um, offensive fouls when he just rocks the guys in the chest and like he makes stupid fouls that should be easily corrected because it's not like on on defending the rim. Like I don't think he makes ton of fouls there. Like, but when guys miss shots and he goes for the rebound and stuff. He needs to get rid of that, and yeah, I mean, if he gets in, in, in some time of his career that he's able to play 32 to 35 minutes a game, that that will be like amazing. If you take a look at the per per 36 minutes, he almost averaged six stocks per game. So that's yeah. that's unbelievable. So yeah, he just needs to stay on the floor and be healthy, and I think he's clear winner. But I will also mention that the second place guy was not someone expected to be there. Claxton. And that's Claxton, yeah. And his defense is like, I actually don't think he's that much. I don't think Jerry Jackson Jr. is much better than Claxton is at the moment. His impact, but he's playing on a much worse defensive team. So his job is so Brooklyn Nets defensive rating is. I think sixth in the NBA, and yeah, I think Jaren Jackson had the big edge because Memphis will probably end up as the first defensive rating, and you always want to. The winner is mostly like first three teams with defensive rating, first three ranked mm-hmm. team, and their best player. So yeah, I just think Jaren Jackson Jr. has the edge because he has a better team. He's playing with Steven Adams and Dylan Brooks and so many great defensive players on that team. So I think Jaren Jackson Jr. is a clear favorite for the good reason, but Claxton is playing amazing. Like I think he had like three or more blocks in like 
nine out of the last ten games. He he, he just and the interesting part about Claxton, I think he defended the most isolation in the entire league, and opponents are shooting 37% against him in wow. isolation. That's yeah. very good. <laughs> yeah, and also at the rim protection, I think he's like uh, third in the entire league with guys against him uh, uh, close to the rim. So being able to defend isolation at that crazy good, like you are a big and you're isolating on guards and holding them to 37%. And then you are amazing green protector also. Like that's like modern, like one of the best possible defensive like skills you can have in today's NBA, being able to switch and stay in front of everyone. And then when you are against some big guys, you are able to just, I don't know if you saw, but huge block on Embiid last night and Embiid stayed under the line. Like, he can do everything and he's just an amazing player. And he started scoring lately and he does a bit of everything. And, like, I'm a like, huge fan of Claxton. Like, I didn't know that he was able to do all of this stuff. Yeah, I, I will say on Claxton, I, I didn't know he could be this good this early. He's only, the, yeah. both players are talking about are 23. But I've been... Like I was like two years ago, I was like hoping the Raptors would trade for this guy because I knew the Nets were ready to sell kind of low on him. It just felt like that. And then now this guy is pretty much like untouchable to that team, the the defensive ability he brings. Uh, one of the reasons I did want to bring up this conversation, and I'm happy it's steered in this direction, was because Jaron Jackson Jr. fouled out yesterday as the Grizzlies narrowly lost to the Golden State Warriors. Grizzlies have lost four in a row now, which uh, not really any alarms for me. But that's the thing. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the best defensive player in the league, and he only plays 26 minutes per game. Yet he has this amount of impact in 26 minutes per game. All he has to do is stay on the floor. And, like, he's already the best. Just imagine what he can do if he's playing, like, even, like, 33, 34 minutes a game. Like, that's that's an extra six seven minutes eight minutes for this guy that, that that's crazy that he's doing all this but recognition that like you're saying like some of these fouls they aren't just when he's going up for blocks they're you know rebounding fouls they're, they're they could be off ball fouls which just if he's only 23 so this can certainly turn around he's a very young player but it's just so strange that this has not developed this is his fifth year in the nba but even still he's the best player the best defensive player in the league and he's playing as the power forward. It, it man, Jaron Jackson Jr. is just so fun to watch. He's such a good player. The offense was always a little bit shaky, but now like he's also a lot more consistent on the offensive end yeah, to go along with it. I, I just wanted to point that out. Like this is probably his best season in offense. And if you take a look, like he's scoring 16 points, seven rebounds, one assist, and shooting 39% from three. So so he's actually like 50. 40 and 80 guy like he only needs free close, throws yeah. to, to be in a, like you have a defensive player of the year like by far the best like defender in the league like top five and he's shooting almost 50 40 90 from the field like that's like dream and he's playing only 26 minutes so like he could be like 20 10 and 2 guy with like in the future if he gets the minutes and while being defensive player of the year like <laughs> yeah that's pretty amazing like it actually like because we both I think we both believe Memphis are capable of like going all the way this season with their team. I think 
their season could come down to a, a big game where he just can't be on the, where he's just not on the floor because in the playoffs, this is where it's going to be really interesting. We haven't seen Memphis make a deep playoff run yet. It'll be interesting to see like, you know, if they get to even the second round, but like a conference final when it comes to those big games, when they have to play Jaron Jackson, like they want to, they're probably going to want to play him near 40 minutes in those games. First of all, his conditioning for that, having not really done that as much throughout the season, and his ability to just be be on the floor for foul reasons. I think that's that's definitely something I'm gonna be looking out for when it comes to the playoffs. But that, that's true. Yeah. So we'll see how they figure that out. Um, but let's move on into the official pick segment of the show for today. Uh, first of all, we have a same game probably, then we have a straight play coming up, but the first one is in the Dallas game as they visit the Phoenix Suns. Luka Doncic, one of the favorites to bet on for this show, and he is both legs of the same game parlay. Here it is. So we have same game parlay, and that's Luka Doncic over 29.5 points combined with under 10.5 assists, which is minus 115 at DraftKings. So this is actually, I don't know if you remember, but this is our bet against the Suns last time they played. Luka had, I think, 34 points and 8 assists in the three quarters. But, uh, yeah, so in the, la- in the two games against the Suns, he had gone under the, the assist line and his potential assists are like three uh, below season average. And over the last couple of games, Luka assists dropped like a ton and his potential assist also dropped a ton. They are trying to play him like more of the ball, and without Wood, there is like not many like players that he can assist to. And yeah, so over the last twenty games, uh, Luca stayed under this assist line in eighteen. So only gone over this assist line twice, and that was in the games against the Houston Rockets, which obviously is a terrible defense and. It's easy to get assist against them. And the second one was against the Los Angeles Lakers in that game where he played like 55 minutes. And the Lakers obviously like heavy double teaming him. And the thing is, Phoenix Suns just deploy Mikael Bridges on him and let him like if you can score 40 points in the single coverage against the Mikael Bridges, we are okay with it because it probably won't be that efficient. And if we just hold everyone else to difficult shots, we we are good. And that's the way they defend Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic will obviously have a ton of shots in the single coverage and should be able to clear this line easily. As I said, in the last game, he, I think, had 34 points in 29 minutes. That's huge. Only three quarters clear this points line and assist line. So Phoenix Suns allow the second least assist to opposing point guards. And Aiton should be back. Michael Bridges is deployed, and that's his like dream matchup for Michael to just defend the best players in the league. And yeah, just straight one. And over the course of the entire season, so Luka Doncic played 44 games. He went over this assist line in nine games only, and those games were like against the teams that real that did heavy double teams on him and that allow like top five assists or top ten assists and this is not a great matchup for his assist 
but I always think when you have single coverage on Luka Doncic, I just love him going over this line with the usage he has this season. Yeah, makes a ton of sense. Uh, I do remember that last one, just let Doncic kind of do his thing. As long as he's not getting other guys involved as much, you can still score more and win the game. That's been the Phoenix Suns game plan and playing into that. This is one where I feel like sports books aren't really recognizing that sort of matchup. So maybe this one could get shaped over the course of the day by people who have that sort of intel. So nice spot there. Let's move into the second pick here. This involves the Brooklyn Nets against the Detroit Pistons and Kyrie Irving is the player of focus. So we are betting to Kyrie to score over 29 and a half points, which is minus 150 on DraftKings. So this is a bit like weird spot because uh, this is a back-to-back game, but the, he's, he had 30 points in the last game against the 76ers that did amazing defense on him and he was able to score 30 points. In the last back-to-back game without KD, he scored 48 points against the Utah Jazz. And these two teams played earlier this season and Kyrie Irving had 38 points playing next to KD who scored 43. So we had a game where KD was playing, he scored 43 points and Kyrie scored 38. And now there is no KD, so even more usage for for Kyrie. And yeah, I just think this this business defense not won't be able to stop won't be able to stop Kyrie. And yeah, I just hope this game can stay close. The Brooklyn Nets on back to back, and I think Pistons didn't have a game for like two or three days, so they should be able to to, to compete. And they have, I think, everyone back now for this game. Uh, I think only Stewart is questionable, but Hayes is back. They have Ivy, Bojan Bogdanovic, Duran is back. So with everyone back, I I, I just hope. Stewart plays also, so they can compete and stay in this game. But in the last game, they had Kyrie Irving scoring 38. They had KD scoring 43. And it was like a single possession game into the like last minute of the game. So like if you take away KD 43 points, I mean, I don't think there's there's many players on this Nets team that can replace that. TJ Warren is almost out of the rotation, which is weird. He played so well, but he, I think, had 11 minutes last night. Ben Simmons, not a scorer. Claxton <laughs> depends on everyone else. Royce O'Neal, not a scorer. Joe Harris, not a scorer. Like, <laughs> this should Don't be like... Don't forget Watanabe, though. <laughs> yeah. So, we have, like, most of these guys are just, like, spot-up shooters and non-scorers, like... Ben Simmons, so I think this is a spot like against big defensive team just for Kyrie to just take over and shoot a ton, like the same thing against the Utah Jazz where he scored 48 points. Because if you take a look at Kyrie, like he had some tough matchups. Like okay, he had Phoenix Suns scored 30 points. He had uh, like Golden State Warriors, like they were throwing everything at him, and he scored 38 points. And in the last game against the 76ers, like he scored 30 points. So he was covering this line in difficult matchups. And the only positive, like easy matchup for him was Utah Jazz, and he scored 48. So I think he's in a great spot against a pre- this a bit one of the worst defensive teams in the league. 
and yeah, also they... defense are allowing like second most points to the opposing shooting guards so also struggle that's their weak spot also yeah makes a lot of sense on the handicap here there was people in chat before you came on that were talking about how a lot of big spreads today this including seven and a half isn't crazy that's the spread on this one uh but i remember what you said a couple of weeks ago that i'll reiterate here don't let a big spread affect a good handicap so if you're giving a good handicap on a game, don't let the, the spread kind of deter you away from that. This isn't even that large of a spread to begin with. And along with that, typically for player props like this, the blowout factor or the spread is factored into those lines. So uh, mm-hmm. when there is such a strong handicap, like respect, like it, it kind of sounds easy, but like in, in, to simplify it, who else is going to be putting up all these points for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, I like the spot here on Kyrie Irving. All right, let's go to the recap. First of all, Dallas at the Suns, Luka Doncic over 29.5 points and under 10.5 assists. That is minus 115 at DraftKings. That will likely be 30-plus points instead of 29.5 on the site in case you need a, you need a little bit of help finding that in the second section. And then straight play on Kyrie Irving for his player prop here. Over 29.5 points against the Detroit Pistons. Brooklyn are at the Barclays Center for this one. Minus 115 at DraftKings also over there. And that has been your show Hopefully we can find the bounce back day that we are looking for today. A couple of great spots here. If you guys have been enjoying the content so far this season, you've been tailing the picks, please do us a favor. Give us a thumbs up on this stream. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube and also wherever you're watching. If you can come over to YouTube and subscribe here as well, or if it is your first time watching on YouTube, we do a show like this every weekday between 11.15, 11.30 start time, a.m. Eastern time. Get subscribed to the board. And also if you're listening in podcast form, rate and review five stars. Final thing I'll ask is that you visit thehammer.bet, type it in your browser, thehammer.bet, for more sports betting content across different sports, especially as the NFL playoffs are heating up. Thank you again, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for more from Pick and Roll. 